We thank you that we rest. We rest in your promises, in your word. Your word brings life to us. Amen. Please be seated. Just want to read just a few scriptures as we've talked about the promises of God and resting in his promises. Uh, these are on, on your pamphlets. These are some of Anne's favorite scriptures. So let's read them. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And just another few from John chapter 11. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans 14, verse 7. None of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And one final one, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And these scriptures, these are the scriptures that bring hope and bring life to our bodies. And when we need comfort, these are the scriptures that we go to. It's a privilege to be standing up here and just being the MC today. Uh, just, uh, I... And used to take me to school when I was in grade one. In fact, probably before that, probably even at, uh, at nursery school. So I've known her an extremely long time. And it's been a wonderful privilege to know those times and to spend, like most Fridays in the last, I don't know, 20 or so years. And has come to a prayer meeting where I have been part of that prayer meeting. So what a privilege to see somebody who just loved Jesus, and she always gave away from herself. That was, that was Anne. It was never about her. In fact, she hated the limelight. She didn't want the limelight. She wanted Jesus to be honored in everything that she did. So I'm going to ask uh, Jonathan to come forward, and he's going to start the ball rolling. I greet you all in the name of Almighty God, Elohim. Yahweh, Adonai, El Shaddai, Emmanuel, Elohim. The Word of God. May we hear the Word of God 
as recorded in the book of Job, which scholars say was written before the Torah. And Job says, after worms have eaten my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. God speaks through his holy prophet Hosea and says, O death, I will be your plagues. Alan has always already swiped my verses from Jesus in John 11. But let's hold on to that bit which says, Though they were dead, yet shall they live. And so Brother Paul says, Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He also says to depart and be with Christ is better. Correction. Didn't say that at all. He said to depart and be with Christ is far better. The word says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This this mortality will put on immortality. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. It has been a great honor and privilege for me to be a colleague of Anne and the Christian ministry for many years. Many decades. She exercised the Romans 12 ministry gift of giving. I know a minister's family in Kwandengezi. Whose children, children's education was paid for by Anne faithfully every year from preschool through to matric and beyond. On a personal note, 
and touch me in a special way because not only did she at times look exactly like the Queen of England, but also like my mother. She's a mother in Israel. And now she is royalty in heaven. And archangels bow low when she passes by. So where does that leave the rest of us blundering around in this desiccated universe with the imprint of death on it? Well, as it says on the service sheet, God gives us a promise in Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to know the focus of that hope, you will find it in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, which you can look up. Well done, Jonathan. I'm going to ask the, the family just to come and say some words about mom and gran and yeah. The great day has arrived. We've waited a while uh, for this occasion. And I just want to thank Alan and Milane and Jonathan for his words and um, Alan for organizing the service for us today and thank each of you for coming to mark this special day uh, with us as a family. Um, and I want to greet also those that are watching and listening online through technology. It's uh, an amazing occasion, um, and I give thanks to the Lord for that. Yeah, I think really we're meeting today to give honor to God for what he has done, um, as Jonathan said, my mother never actually wanted to be honored. Uh, she said she didn't want everyone to honor her. She wanted God to be honored. And, but I, I, I want to give a little bit, uh, while I stand here, a little bit of context to my mother's life. Um, a few years ago, I had the privilege of doing a series of interviews with her just to track her history and her memories, um, the happy times and the difficult times uh, from childhood. You, you know, she grew up here in Malvern and in Kloof, riding her pony across these hills that are now covered with roads and houses. Um, her father, she was you know, aware of her privilege as uh, the daughter of uh, a senator in Jan Smuts' um, colonial government before the days of apartheid, and uh, her father was also a major in the army. 
So that was the kind of home, home background. Um, she was also one of the group of young people assigned to meet with the young Princess Elizabeth, now Queen of England, that has already been mentioned. Um, but anyway, she met with the Queen during, uh, with the Princess as she was then, during the 1947 royal visit. So uh, that is a little bit of the context of my mother. She had two older, two older sisters and an older brother, and one younger brother, and uh, she was the last surviving of, of her family. But her heart reached out to those who had less. Um, she became disillusioned with politics. She preferred to be active in charities like the Emil Winnie School's feeding scheme, uh, and the feeding children in the schools down in the Amgeni Valley in the 60s. Uh, she loved showing care in practical ways. When I came into a new relationship with the Lord Jesus, um, when I was at boarding school, she was quite worried. Uh, it, it didn't sort of fit in with her experience. Um, but it didn't deter our relationship. She actually uh, searched, and then um, she came into a new relationship with God uh, at that time. And prayer was added uh, to her ways of, of caring for others. She was determined to give people opportunities to make a difference in life. I mean, it's amazing. I've got over 70, I've got messages from over 70 people on Facebook. Um, well, Janice and I, or the family, we've, that just responded when my mum left us on, on the 6th of January. Um, and so there were over 70 messages on Facebook, 38 on WhatsApp, and a number of um, shorter or longer messages that came in on, on email. Um, she, had tried, she tried very hard not to forget anyone. And uh, I think that's partly why we're gathered here, just, just to give thanks to the Lord for that. Um, she was generous to all, and uh, she prayed. Um, she was also an anchor in, in my life and the life of our family. Through prayer, she gave our family a strong Christian heritage. And I still miss her a lot when I want to talk about significant events that may have happened in the family um, or in Christian ministry. And uh, we miss her. Um, She's also passed on to the family her generosity of spirit, and that can be seen, for example, in Caesar Carla, that's Tim and Sarah's nonprofit organization dedicated to assist young people um, to pursue their educational dreams. So it's a, a real special occasion that we're here, and I really give thanks to the Lord, and I thank each of you for coming. I think that's, that's uh, 
my bit. I think some of you may want to, to add to that. Um, I've also got something from my oldest son. Uh, he lives, uh, their family is in the UK. They live in Bristol. Um, yeah, there they are. Uh, that was when they came out in January, shortly after my mum passed away. And we had a lovely week or so up in the Drakensberg. It, it was a miracle. So I'm reading you Paul's uh, words here. Dear family and friends, greetings from Bristol, England. While we're sad not to be with you in person today, we have reason to celebrate as we remember the life of our Granny Anne. She was someone with a genuine interest in the lives of her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, taking time to talk, ask questions, and never forgetting birthdays. I'll keep my last proper chat with her at Sarah and Tim's wedding fondly in my memory. One thing that stands out particularly for me was her warm acceptance of Mary into our family. When Mary and I were first considering our future together, <clears throat> issues of cultural and racial differences were a concern that we spoke about. As a result, I think there was some nervousness when we arrived for an introductory tea with Granny Ann. However, she could not have been more welcoming and was even kind enough to take Mary's family out to lunch when they visited for the wedding. We remember the life of Granny Ann with the expectation that this is not the end of the story. I look forward and hope to the next chapter, of which I'm sure she will be a part. Thank you. Um, Sarah's got some words to say. I think uh, I'll hand over to Sarah. And then, uh, well, she'll hand over. I'll pull this down. I got the short jeans in the family. Yeah. Um, as many of you know, my name's Sarah. I'm one of Granny Anne's grandchildren. Um, so, yeah, Granny Anne, or Gigi, as she's been later known by her great-grandchildren, uh, lived a life devoted to God and devoted to others. She was an example of someone who was blessed abundantly, not only in earthly wealth, but also in spiritual gifts such as compassion and intercession. Although she could have lived more extravagantly, I look to her example that she really, she lived um, simply and practically and used her her resources rather to bless others. For me, she was an example of someone who had treasure, not only in this world, but also in, the, um, in heaven. Granny Anne was straightforward, but her words were full of humor and wisdom. Her faith gave her a hope that allowed her to be full of grace and dignity. Even when she was days away from going to be with our Lord, we phoned her. Unfortunately, we couldn't see her before, but we did a video call with her, and she told Tim and I not to worry about anything because Christ had done it all. Jesus had done it all on the cross. 
Granny Anne possessed a quiet determination. This helped her to always be ready to learn, willing to learn, always stand up for what was right, and never give up on others or herself. There were a few occasions when I had the opportunity as a physiotherapist to uh, treat her and help her through injuries or sicknesses. And she's definitely been one of my most compliant patients, even (laughs) as um, me being her grandchild, following all my advice and doing all the exercises that I gave her. Granny Anne not only left us a legacy of material blessings, Uh, and ensuring that all her grandchildren had a really good education, as well as many others here I know. She also left us a legacy of prayer, a legacy of compassion, a legacy of grace, and a legacy of dignity. And I hope that we can also carry that on. Um, I think, so Granny Anne had seven grandchildren and eight, she has eight great-grandchildren, but uh, my cousin, another grandchild, is going to be sending a, well, has sent a voice note, so that's going to be played now. Stephanie. first lucid memory I have is one of her planting lemongrass in a flower bed in Kloof. She was wearing a flower and gardening gloves with her tongue poking out the side of her mouth. I was about four or five at the time. One of the last memories I'll ever have with her is helping her twine some unruly beanstalks up a tall stick just this past December when I was 29. I'm lucky enough to have collected so many fun, diverse and even outrageous memories with her over my lifetime, but when I really think about it, most of the fondest and most enduring ones are the moments I spent in a garden with her, something that I'm sure I have in common with many people in this room. I'm pleased about that, because I think it's so apt that many of us will remember Nana in a garden. Not only because a garden was her happy place, but also because to grow a garden is to take whatever small corner of the world you find yourself in and to make it a better place. And that's exactly what Nana did her whole life. Just like gardening, in a quiet way, a slow way, but in a very powerful way, she nurtured and tended and grew so many things quietly changing each corner of the world that she touched. Small changes in the moment, but big, lush changes for future generations, and ones that will continue to grow and to bloom and to bear fruit long after she has moved on. Funnily enough, I remember asking Nana what happened to people's bodies when they die, and she told me that they become compost, with such a Nana-esque answer to give. Now that she's no longer Earthside, I like to think that she's probably got pearls and gardening gloves on as we speak, and, just like compost, is busy adding value and richness to Heaven's famous gardens while she waits for us. Thank you so much for everything, Nana. You are present in so many of the plants and the flowers that I see daily, and we all miss you so much. Is there anybody else from the family? Family, we're still doing family. Wait, Anne. <laughs> Anybody still from the family? No. Okay, Anne Cleagle, come. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Anne and I began our Christian fellowship walk together in 1979. And we have been, I think I actually met her in a prayer meeting. <laughs> and she's been part of our Bible study all these years every year and I just want to remember her today especially her friendship was very precious to me 
and her life will continue to witness to me for the rest of my life. Um, she was gracious, oh, so gracious, and such, and she gave such wise counsel, and she was my confidant, and we had many special times together. She has got many jewels in her crown, um, and always willing, she was always willing to go even more than the second mile. Anyone who needed some help or a picking up or a transport, Anne was always there to give and to help. And so there are many, many lives that she has touched in the world over. Um, and, and so I just want to thank her today for this special friendship. And I believe that her crowns are being laid at the foot of the throne of grace. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And so as all the four and twenty elders were laying down their crowns, I believe Anne, with all the wonderful jewels in her crown, has laid them at the foot of Jesus. So bless you all and thank you. And I'm very, very privileged that Anne was my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. We're just opening it up to the congregation. And Anne was a good example of uh, just giving a, a testimony, a story about, about Anne, uh, keeping it short and sweet and pertinent. Who else would like to come forward? Thank you. Um, I, we, just a couple of days ago, my brother came to visit, and we told him that we were coming up to this memorial service. And my brother, who, who is a bit of a re retrograde, really, he, he's Dr. Anthony Balcom, one of the biggest brains in the country, and therein lies his problem. But he said, I was supported by the Hotchkisses. Now that blows my mind. It really does. So their generosity even reached to the far corners of the earth, my brother. Where do I start? Um, since we first came to Sarepta, we were getting to meet everybody, tried to individually, and then we came to Anne. And wow, what an experience that was. And uh, she seemed to have something that most of us wanted. And anyway, one day, Cheryl and I said to her, Anne, we'd like to do a recording of you for a, a Christian radio broadcasting company. And she said, all right, that's fine. And she came to our house, sat down, and she said, now, who's going to listen to me? I said, many people in there will listen to you. Oh, then I have to be careful what to say, won't I? <laughs> I said, no, you just speak from your heart. Now, I'm watching her expression as she's sharing with us. And she started off by saying, I'll just briefly give you an explanation of 
where I've come from and where I'm going. And she started doing that. And she said, when I became a Christian, she said, life began to change suddenly. And I began to realize there was something I had to do for the, God, for the Lord. And then Cheryl said, Anne, what was the turning point in your Christian life? Now I'm looking at her expression, watching her carefully. And she said this, she said, when I became a Christian, I wanted to do all the things the Lord wanted me to do. I wanted to understand his word. I wanted to be encouraged by those who knew God's word. But she said, somehow it didn't really work. Until one day, she had the experience of the Holy Spirit. And she said, suddenly, I saw everything in its true perspective. I could see and hear what God wanted me to say and do. Now, I'm watching her, and she said, I just want to give you a little bit of a background of where I'm from. And she said, when I became a Christian, things weren't all that easy. They were difficult times that she had. But she said, I had to work through them, and they were difficult. But when I found the Holy Spirit, everything fell into place. And she said, it was wonderful. And she said, that's the most important thing, because without the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have known everything. And, and, uh, and then Cheryl said, what would be your message to those listening out there? She said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And do what God wants you to do. So all I can say, Anne, is uh, our wonderful Christian sister bathed with the glory of God. Hello, everyone. Um, I think a lot has already been said concerning um, Anne Hotchkiss. But I'm standing here before you as one of the people whose lives was touched directly by Anne. And I'm sure most also of the people from our fraternity, the Zimbabwean community, who attend this church, have also been touched, were touched directly by Anne. She was so generous. She gave to us in times of need. And for us, she became a leading example. We are now where we are today, and we take her example wherever we go. We believe she is in the arms of Jesus Christ. And we just thank the Lord for such people as Anne. This leaves everything to you and I now. Are we, in our time, when we are gone, have to, going to have a gathering like this? And the Lord saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you so much. Sorry. <laughs> um, I would like to say... I met Anne in so many different 
women's groups, prayer groups, whatever. But I'd like to just bring the one aspect that hasn't been mentioned. Anne always wanted to go on a mission. And via the concert of prayer, we went to a Mamoli mission station, Mozambique. We had traveled, there were five of us, from um, uh, Kloof down to um, Mozambique through the border, etc., and were in a hut, lovely accommodation, very comfortable beds, and I was just seeing Anne into bed, waiting to switch the light off when the call came. Gogos, gogos, get up, tandas, tandas. So the two of us, I don't know whether we just put our dressing gowns on and went to this hut um, where there was a girl that they were trying to, um, should we say, free in prayer from uh, demonization. And so there Anne and I were, it was as hot as can be, no windows open, <clears throat> the mosquitoes and the flies were flying around in the sort of um, uh, uh, light, very little light that was there. This girl was kicking about, and there were Anne and I doing battle with everyone else. And for the rest of the time that we were in Mozambique, Anne had this like bright, alive look because this was her first mission and she enjoyed every minute of it. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Lorraine. Um, I've known Miss Anne since, she, since I was a little girl. Um, in fact, my great-aunt Ada worked for Miss Anne's parents back in the day doing cooking, baking, and housekeeping for them. And when my mom was like 17 years old, she also went to help Aunt Ada by Miss Anne's parents. So with that, friendships grew with Miss Anne and my mom. Aunt Ada passed on, but Miss Anne kept a relationship with my mom. And my mom became best friends with Miss Anne. Um, and with that, I became best friends with Miss Anne and my mom, so we were like the three musketeers. Miss Anne would pick us up and go for tea dates and lunch dates, and it was so special. She was such a beautiful lady. Oh, she, was, she had all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. She was generous. She was kind. She was caring. She was so compassionate always wanting to know about my grandchildren. I mean, I've got eight of them, but she kind of knew all their names, and when we would meet, she would ask about each one. And she always made sure that everybody had, and I, I just, I, I lost my mom in December. But when mom felt ill, Miss Anne phoned me and asked, how is mom, does mom need help? Do you need somebody to help with mom? And she wasn't even well herself. But that is the kind of heart that Miss Anne had. And mom passed on in, in December. And then Miss Anne passed on in January. And that was so much for me because I became best friends with my mom and Miss Anne. And it's like I've lost the most two important best friends of my life. And it's hard. It's, it's so hard. And it's so hard to find another friend because 
My mom was my best friend, and with Miss Anne being her friend, we all became such wonderful prayer warriors together. We would sit and have tea, and Miss Anne would say, please pray for Lucinda and Nikki and the grandchildren. And I would say, please, Miss Anne, pray for this need of my home. And we would just pray for each other, and it, it, it was just so beautiful. We just knew that, you know, God was with us even in our relationship with each other and interceding for us. And I, I just want to thank God this morning for Miss Anne's life. I really thank God. Even for my mom, I give God all the praise, glory, and honor for the life of Miss Anne. Thank you. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm so glad we're all here to celebrate the life of Anne. And I'm one of the people that uh, she helped a lot when I came here about 12 years ago. Um, the first house we stayed with in, she was paying rent for us. And when I started my studies, she helped me a lot with my school fees. She used to pay, buy me books for UNISA. Uh, she was so generous. And I remember I used to spend some afternoons with her because when she, whenever she has computer problems, she would call me. I'll go to her house there in Kloof, and the first thing she would do is she would make coffee. We sit, we have coffee, we talk about life. Then I start fixing her computer. But all I can say is that lady was, was full of kindness. All she did, she was just projecting the life of Jesus to others. Um, if you think of the word love, I would also put it on N. Whatever you think of, whatever the fruits, the gifts, or the spirit, N was full of it. Anne was a mother to the motherless. Anne was a father to the fatherless. Anne had a lot of children in the valley that we have never seen in here. Anne would reach to places where you and I sometimes could not go. I've seen her driving places where I thought, where is she taking these children? What is she doing? But Anne had that kind of love to say, oh, you don't have a lift. Where do you live? You find her in a township. She'd go to pick up someone. That was Anne. And did whatever she did, she was motivated by love. She was motivated by, by Jesus. She knew what she had believed in, and she became uh, such an inspiration to me that um, no matter what she had, she saw you as you. She never compared you to someone else. And I can tell you this, if you badmouth anything to Anne about anyone else, she would not believe you. And when, no matter how bad things she has heard about you, she would still treat you the same. She would still do whatever she needed to do for you. She would do it for you. She didn't, she, she didn't have the mind to say, oh, because so-and-so said so-and-so about you. Uh, no, so I'm not going to do it. That was not Anne. Anne did everything out of love. And I would like to thank God for such a life well lived. And I believe, I believe that we will see Anne one day. She is with Jesus now. The Bible says that uh, those that believe in Christ, they don't die. We sleep. Amen. God is eternal. God does not die. If God is eternal and we are his children, we are also eternal because we've got the Holy Spirit in us. So we cannot die, but we'll meet with one another one day yes. with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes we forget. I want to greet you guys in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Vinolia. <sighs> I just want to come to speak. I, I just have 
A few words I want to say with Anne. Anne was our friend. First of all, I just want to thank you guys to be here at Sarepta. I found peace. I found, they give me words of God. I just enjoy to be Sarepta because I have chance to pray. And she asked me another day, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? And Mrs. Blackman asked me another day, do you love Jesus? Vinalia did accept Jesus because you must have Jesus. I said, yes, I accept Jesus. So I just want to tell you a, a short story, guys, about Anne. Another day, there, there is my neighbor. She died. She was a single parent. She had two children. And when she died, her brother take over. And after a few months, that brother died. When I go to, I, I was just so confused and I was crying. I said, where are you, Lord? Where are you? Why is this happening? Because now Hazel is alone. And I was crying. I was just confused. When I came here another day, I go to the, to the office. I speak with Val. I just want to speak. I said to her, there is a, a, a young lady who was born in 1996. On that time, Hazel was doing standard eight. It's grade 10. I said, this girl don't have anyone. And I, 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 I can't help her much, but I try. I was crying. And, and Val just said, Vinolia, we, we must pray. And after that, Anne with her groups came. I don't know, maybe she just speak with Anne because Anne wants to see me. And she asked about Hazel. And I just cried. And I tell her she's doing great eat. And I said to her, I try to help Hazel. And after that, Anne take over. And I was so scared because I don't want, like, I'm using Anne. I didn't do that before. But she gave me pastor for her. She asked so many things about Hazel. She bought shoes. She bought shirts, everything that she needed. And Hazel was so happy. I didn't tell anyone, but I just, when everyone gone, I pray. I say, thank you, Father. Because it was difficult to see a girl who don't have anyone, the family, just drunk. They just drunk that family. They just don't care with this girl. And she continues, she changed place because now she stay alone. She going to another family at Claremont. When she stay there and continue, how much she pays for pass fare. And she gives me, sometimes she leaves an envelope. She writes name Hazel. And I know it must go to Hazel. Because there is this thing to me. We must help this girl. She helps her. And she finished grade 12. When, when she finished grade 12, she was so happy. But because she was doing physics and maths, she, she, she lose the two, two subjects. But she, she tried to make it. And she, she take, take Hazel to Elangin College. Guys, <laughs> she continue. 
I was crying. Now I'm enjoying, not crying for, for, for that stuff. I just say, praise the Lord. You are alive. God, you are alive because I can't afford to help Hazel. And Hazel finished there at Elangeni. She, she paid for her to do in Kesia so that she can find something to do while she's looking for the job. And she, she have job. And that job just finished. And she go to Marisbeck. She have job there until COVID starting. And she is at home. And now Hazel is supposed to be here. She go there again because they call her. So, guys, I want to thank you so much to, to, to give us and to not sometimes controlling. I don't, I don't know how to say, but I want to thank you to the family. That's why I said I thank you, Sarepta, to be at Sarepta. Because if I was not here, I don't know what's happening to that girl. And she, she was focused, guys. She, she was focused. She don't need to do anything wrong because she knows she has help. So I want to thank you so much. That's why, as I said, I can want to make mistake. I want to come forward to say I thank God to give us an. And she sent messages with words of God. She gave Hazel because she said she must have Jesus too. Thank you, God. Greetings, good people. Uh, it will be unfair for me if I'm not coming in front of you. I'm Monica, granddaughter of Evelyn, who was used to work for Granny Hochiki's uh, parents and also works for Enz. So, uh, but to God to be glory, uh, Enz Hochiki's was everything to our family. Uh, she was very caring helpful. She is everything. I can't explain, but then all I can say to her now is say goodbye. I will see you in heaven. That's all I can say about her. But there are a million things that's all I say about her. So be shortly I say goodbye. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, my name is uh, Siawa Mashangas. Uh, part of me I was just sitting there I thought maybe I would leave it to everybody to say something about uh, Mrs. Hodgkiss. And then uh, one part of me said, no, you can't do that. You, you need to stand up for the family and, uh, and represent who I am and where do we come from and how we met with Mrs. Hodgkiss. Um, Mrs. Hodgkiss firstly met my mom before we were born. Um, she gave my mom the best education. On top of that, she decided that she's going to take, take it to herself to make sure that the three of us at home, we also get the best education. Um, in my lifetime, I have never met such a selfless person. Never. She also taught us to pray. I remember when my mom passed away, uh, she never abandoned us till the last days of her life. I remember the last time we visited her, we, we used to visit her all, all the time during December. Um, last year when we visited her, 
as we were leaving her, her place, um, we said, you know, we, we, we can see that you're not feeling well. Uh, we're going to pray for you. Um, she said something very profound. And uh, I realized when we left what was she was saying to us. She said, no, don't worry about me. All I want now is just to fly away. And uh, I said to myself, thank God that I was given an opportunity to see her for the last time. And I would like to thank the family of Mrs. Roshkis for, for who she was. And thanks. Um, I greet you all. My name is Domfundo. Um, I met Grenin through my mom. She has helped her and she helped me a lot. Um, I'm not very good at speaking in public. Please forgive me for shaking. Um, Grenian would, would ask me if I have books when I was in metric. She would say, how good are you with meds? And I would say, ah, Grenian, I'm suffering a lot. She bought me this meds book. It was so big and huge. I was like, how am I going to study this? It's so full of X's and Y's, and I don't understand it. <laughs> she would say, it's all in the states of mind, no wonder. Just believe in God and yourself. It's possible. Wow. Okay. I've never met such a lovely woman in my life. Obviously my mom, but also Granny <laughs> was awesome. Um, before my last exams, she said, um, what do you want to do when you finish school? I said, I want to go to university. She said, it's okay. But you do know that university is not an only option we have. I was like, I know, but I still want to go to university. When my results came out, uh, my math wasn't that good. I told her, she said, it's okay. Why don't you just find a computer course? I'll pay for it, I'll help you for it, so that you can increase your technical skills. She even bought me a laptop and a phone as a present for passing my metric. I was so excited because it was my first laptop. Um, I just want to say I thank her for everything she has done for me, and I will never, ever forget her for that. Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's not a good way to start. But, um, yeah, I just, Granny Anne is an incredible human, and um, we kind of find people to role model after. And I have two that are like one day when I'm big, um, those will be the people that I'll, I really would, you know, like to say that I've done that and I've lived a really good life. One of them I'd never met, her name is Corrie Ten Boom, and she's this little old lady who um, lived through the kind of Holocaust series. Um, and, um, and she reminded me of Granny Anne, and the number two was Granny Anne. Um, and there were these two little old ladies who absolutely lived incredible lives and, um, and who you could just see loved Jesus. But everything they did, like, was, yeah, just... Granny Anne would come into church, and I'd love to watch her, because she'd slip an envelope to this person, and she'd slip an envelope to that person. Um, she was, I mean... We've seen a couple of people here, but I wish I could see in real life the number of people that she really impacted, because I think we have absolutely no idea. <laughs> she kept it so quiet, um, and, um, and she was so humble, but she also had so much spunk. Like, when I think of her, I think of her little sense of humor, like nothing ever bothered her at all. 
Um, but she, she just could see people that no one else could see. And she ran after them and she'd look after them and she would love them. She would love their families and she would take care of them like a parent. And then I <laughs> just pictured this little 90 year old granny driving when no one else would go. She would go where no one else would even dare to tread. And there she would go. Like she shouldn't even be driving. <laughs> she shouldn't have been driving 20 years earlier, but there she was. You know what I mean? And I just, um, yeah, one day when I'm big, I would love to say that I lived half of the life of Granny Ann. She's insane. Sorry, it's me again. But um, I've just got a message from Mandy Tladla, and Granny Ann was um, very instrumental in just supporting their uh, family. And she's a very good friend of mine, Mandy. Um, she writes, uh, There will never be enough words to describe how much Gogo Ann as we call her, meant to us as a family. She believed in my siblings more than anyone I have met and more than I do sometimes. She, is in, she invested not only financially but emotionally and physically. She was intentional with having a relationship with us, not as charity, but people that she really cared for. She taught me what it means to care for others, expecting nothing in return, she was gracious, loving, and most genuine woman that I have ever met. I am grateful for the years that I got to know her, and I will forever cherish her impact in my family's life. She is greatly missed and loved by all the Tladla family. Hello, everyone. Um, I met Auntie Anne Hotchkiss probably about four, three, four, five years ago, about around there, um, through concerts of prayer. Um, my uncle was actually a missionary in India, and he asked me to give him a lift to a prayer meeting one Saturday morning, and I took him and ended up falling in love with concerts of prayer. And Auntie Anne was to me, um, she's been a role model. She's really helped me find my place in the body of Christ. Um, and she held my hand through the whole experience. And and she was my, one of my closest friends and deepest confidants. And I still have emails that she, she would write me, long letters of, of amazing advice um, over the years. And I would have her lovely tea parties with her, and it was really wonderful. But I do want to share one quick um, memory of her, which I, I will always cherish. Um, we, 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 support, we would pray for missionaries. Um, there was a missionary up in Peter Maritzburg. And uh, they had a, one of the settlements that they, that they support had a, a fire, um, and we needed to do something for them. And she insisted that we drive up to go see them, and she was going to drive up herself, 90-year-old Auntie Anne. Um, and we drove up together, and, um, and I thought, okay, fine, it's just going to be one of those, let's quick go have a look and, and, and goodbye. But she insisted on walking right through the settlement herself, and having a look at all the devastation. And, and it helped me realize um, how important it was in terms of developing your compassion to understand what actually happens at grassroots level um, with our missionaries and what it is they have to deal with. Um, and that is what she's been instrumental in, in helping me develop. Um, my compassion for the work of the missionary, she was so passionate about that. She truly was the hands and feet of Jesus, and I was really very blessed to have had her as a mentor and a really dear friend. Thank you. Hello everyone, my name is Tarai, I'm part of Serepta. Uh, much has been said about Kogo Eni, and I'll just say a bit, and now I walked with her, and now I knew her, and now things that touched me that I did with her. There was a lady who used to come to Serepta, and she was very sick with TB, and she was admitted in New South Hospital, 
And then she asked me one day, it was rainy and misty, and she said, all right, can we go to Nuswa? She was putting the TB hospital ward, and I was thinking, oh, Koko wants to go in the TB ward. I said, can you go? She said, yes, I want to go. I want to, I've got things for this lady. I want to take them there, but I want someone to go with me. I said, Gogo, can you drive down there? She said, yes, I can. So she came, she picked me up, and then we went there. But the road going down the valley sort of goes down, and so she could not clearly see. But I was sitting next to her, and I was thinking, this was not a good idea. (laughs) But we made it through. And I was thinking, looking at her, walking in that world, where those patients were put in beds, going there, spending a time with that patient. It's not an easy word where most of the people would just say, no, I'm not going there. TB, no, I'm not going there, but she did. She's one of the people who walked the talk. She taught me Christianity is not about going to church. It's not about just preaching. It's also about the works you do. And... I want to thank you for the family, for David, Ochkis, Janet, Tim, the kids, everyone. They've learned well from me. Up to now, I stay with Tim, Ochkis, and Jed. I see much more of her, much more of her. So for me, I'm still here because I see every day in the works of the family. Janet and Dave, I really thank you. Thank you all. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. Amen. My name is Nomusa, CBC Omakasana. I'm the lady who work for Anne Hodgkiss on her last days. I don't know what to say because it is said it's like there is a hole open and my whole of me get insight into that hole because and she's everything to me she's like my mother she's a mentor she's a sister she's everything you can think of because she knows me inside and out she knows my house she knows my family everything happens to my family it's like in her shoulders She helped me with the school fees for my kids. She helped me with prayers. I've got a daughter who's doing, who who she is doing nasty things. I give up on her, but Anne still carried on praying for her, taking care of her. I don't know what to say. At last, I think it's about November, last days of November, she asked me about my house. She asked me, Nomsa, what's going on in your house? And I said, my roof is leaking. And she said, why you don't tell me long before? Because now I, I, I see that I'm on my way. Because she told me everything, the, 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 the days of, of her last life. She, I, I think God shows her some signs of this is the time. Because when I came to her, her house every morning, if I come, if I, I come, she, 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 she called me, sit down with me, we pray together, 
every time if she ended up with her prayers, she said, Nomsa, I don't like to leave you like this. I don't know what it means, but she always told me that I don't want to leave you like this. Then at last she asked me about my house, and I said, my house is leaking. And she said, what we can do now, because I see that I'm going home now. I'm going home now. I said, Granny, nothing you can do. At least if I've got something to do, I can do it. But now if you said we are going, you can go leave me like that. But after she, she, she passed on, her, her son David sent me a message that he knows that her mother wants to help me with the roof. I didn't trust that because I, what I, I'm thinking, Granny is gone now. No one can take care of me. But her son David continued with doing what her mother was willing to do for me. As I'm speaking, my roof is fixed, and it, and it is good, beautifully. I don't know what to say to you, Hodgkiss family, all of you, Nikki, Cinders, Dave, Janet, I want to thank you with all what you've done for me. I wish the friendship that we had when Granny is still alive could continue. The other thing Granny asked me to do, she said to me, what if I'm gone, what, you are go what we are going to do in life? And I tell her that I was willing to open a crash down there at Guanyusua to see if there is something, give me some cash. She helped me with that, although it is not going well because of coronavirus. I was open it last year, early January, and then we shut down. Then we open it again this year. Still, it's not going so well, but it is going because I've got those few kids who attend there. Granny built me a, a, a thing for the kids to, 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 to play in it. She paid that for her, by, by herself. Nothing expecting me to pay back for that. I just thank the family for, for, for the family, Hodgkin's family for all what they've done to me. I'm not good in English, just forgive me, but I, I like to say to Granny, goodbye Granny, wish you all the best, see you in the morning. Thank you. Dear folk, um, some of you will know Nanette, my wife, we have an unusual marriage. We've been together for 25 years. The Lord brought us together into the glorious estate of holy matrimony. And prior to that, Nanette had befriended dear Anne's sister Pauline. And it was through Nanette's relationship with Pauline that she came to know Anne. And, and I then came to know Anne more than a quarter century ago. And what a blessing Anne has been in our lives. And as we've been blessed to hear, she's obviously been a blessing in many lives. Dear Anne was a, a lady through and through, a bona fide lady. And uh, she was so generous, she was so thoughtful, so caring. Our lives, Nanette and I, we have been so enriched through our friendship with dear Anne. And uh, Anne was very 
concerned about the well-being of all her family. We, uh, we know how she deeply loved David, Janet, and uh, Nikki Sanders and all the other family members. She uh, spoke of you all warmly and richly, and you were in her prayers and thoughts constantly. On one occasion, not that long ago, uh, we had the privilege of spending some time with dear Anne, and we happened to be at the mushroom farm. And Anne went somewhere or other in that area, and Nanette and I were in a shop at the mushroom farm, and we got to speak to a, a lovely lady, uh, uh, Nazipo. And uh, next thing, Anne walked into the shop, and Nazipo's face just lit up with such joy. She immediately recognized Anne and uh, in, b greeted her joyfully and cheerfully, and, uh, and then she proceeded to sing some of Anne's praises. <laughs> And uh, it was so obvious from what Nazipo had to share on that occasion that uh, Nazipo and f family and friends of Nazipo have been greatly impacted through uh, Anne's generosity. So uh, we're privileged and honored to be gathered here as part of this great auspicious gathering today, celebrating the Lord's love and particularly on this occasion, the great, wonderful blessing that uh, Anne Hotchkiss has been to us all and many others. We've all been deeply impacted by her. Such a wonderful, caring, generous, thoughtful, constant friend and sister in the Lord. And we praise our Father in heaven we rejoice in his love and we thank him for Anne Hotchkiss. And we do pray that we will continue to be blessed by our rich, glorious, loving Father in heaven. And we look forward to the meeting when we will all, those of us who bow the knee to the Lord Jesus, we will all be there in glory. And we know that Anne is there and we will be with her again. So all God's joy and blessings may be upon us in great measure, we pray and ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I think we could probably continue all day. It's been just such a wonderful testimony to the life of, of Anne. Anne always just lived away from herself was never about her. We've heard it time and time again. We've heard of her generosity, her kindness. And it was her walk with Jesus. And so if she was here today, she'd be quite embarrassed that we've honored her in such a, such a way. But I think sometimes we need to honor people. And sometimes uh, I, I wish we could honor them before they passed and went to be with Jesus. But I know Dave and I had a wonderful time of prayer sort of three or four days before uh, she went to be with Jesus. And we spent uh, an hour just reading scriptures and just praying and just blessing her. It's just uh, a privilege to have known her. And so the gap 
that is left is huge in all our lives. And that's what people's testimonies have been. But I think the thing that Anne would have wanted in that gap, she would want us to fill that with Jesus. That's why she, she lived. She lived to honor her Lord. And I think throughout her life, she honored the Lord. And the, the legacy of the family, the, the children, the great, the grandchildren, the great grandchildren, and then down the, down the centuries, there's a legacy that's been left in which uh, the call is to honor Jesus. The call is to live. If we could live half the life that Anne lived, we will be, uh, it would be an amazing thing. So let's just pray. Let's just commit this, this wonderful lady to you, this wonderful Anne. Lord, we thank you for Anne. We thank you for her fruitfulness. We thank you, Lord, that you began her on a a journey and you brought her to, brought it to completion. And she is before you and she is with you now and you have said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so we commit it to your mercy and to your grace. We commit it to your merciful judgment. And we say thank you. We say thank you for the life of Anne. And Lord, I pray for all those of us here today, particularly the family, who will miss Anne when there's something which, which needed to be shared and Anne was the one that would be the go-to person. Lord, we, we see that gap. And we thank you, Lord, and we ask that you would comfort each of us. And that is the, as, a, as we mourn and as we just know that the, ho- the hope and the promise that we have in Scriptures, that this is not the end. This is the beginning, and one day very soon, sooner than all of us think, we will be with her. So we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to just end, end with a, a gospel song. A song which says that Jesus died for you and I, that we might have life. And that's what Anne had, had the life of Jesus. So let's sing. I cast my mind to Calvary. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen.